Hey listeners, this is your resident goth on the pod. Uh, I'm just chipping in here right at the beginning to let you know that we have a special announcement right at the end of the episode, so uh, if you want, you can skip ahead, or you could listen to our awesome episode, but either way, at the end, we have a special announcement for you. Thanks! Welcome to the Goth and the Sloth. I'm your Sloth, Matt. And I'm Luna the Goth. This is the podcast of two friends living a country apart and burning down the world from either end. <laughs> so we, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we decided to take the first part of this podcast to discuss the COVID-19 pandemic, how it's affecting our lives, how it's affecting your lives, and how, you know, it's the worst thing in a, a really long year of worst things. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, definitely. Happy spooky month, by the way. Yeah, happy October, everyone. It's the best month. It doesn't even have my birthday in it. I was going to say, July might be better, but... Mm. No, I'd <laughs> happily forfeit my birthday for awesome spooky time. So how have you <laughs> but been? But that's just me. Oh, I'm all right. I am very pleased that it is fall mm-hmm. and that it is officially October, I have fall coffee that I've been having in the morning, which makes me happy. I keep telling my cat that it is her month. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm good. How are you? Good. You know, hanging in there. Hiding from the world. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> that is 100% 2020. It's just like hiding from everyone and everything. Yeah. <laughs> So let's uh let's jump into it, shall we? So how's the greater Virginia area looking? Uh well awful. Um yeah. so our cases are up to 148,200 sorry, 721. Uh so that's up 10,000 from last week. Oof. So it's like another big spike, which I don't know what where it's coming from. Before I was like, "Oh, it's probably Labor Day weekend," but Mhm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we are at a 11,092 hospitalizations, which is up about 300 from last week. And we are at 3,228 deaths, which is up about 215 from last week. So Ouch. these numbers are just bad. Yeah. Um, and we have nine cases now of multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children, which is up one one more case so um yeah i don't i don't know what's going on but whatever it is we need to stop right <laughs> whatever's causing this please stop it yeah it's it's strange i mean a lot of at least here in richmond and that's all i can speak to um i'm not down in virginia beach area i'm not up in alexandria area or in rural areas i just but here, I mean, a lot of people are wearing masks. Um, at this point, I don't see anyone at the grocery store that's not wearing masks. Mm-hmm. And, like, people have, have restrictions in place and everyone seems to be adhering to it. I mean, there have been bars that have been shut down because they're not, like, following COVID guidelines. Sure, yeah. So it's like, well, that seems promising. So where are these numbers coming from? But I acknowledge that the may not be coming from Richmond. Mm-hmm. So um 
I don't know. We have <laughs> so many universities in this state, though. Yeah. Like, that's... so many. Yeah, it's not helping. So, yeah. Uh, in national news this past week, uh, we had our first ever kindergarten bully fight as our presidential debate. So, yeah, that's something. <laughs> <laughs> What's what? it was Go ahead. disturbing, depressing, maddening. Uh, my key takeaways include that our current president is too dumb to denounce white supremacists. Yeah. With like the biggest softball ever served up by the moderator who was a Fox News reporter. Yeah. Um, so now white supremacists are celebrating. So that's on par for 2020. Right. <laughs> and also, while Biden is not my favorite guy, um, I, and I won't get into it on the pod, but uh, but I, I did want him to appear stronger than he did. And um, I don't know. It was just frustrating. But I, I do want to give him some mad credit, given that Biden has an, a horrible stutter uh, and a very bad temper, as we've seen in the past. And despite all of Trump's shenanigans, he did not let that get to him. And uh, I mean, those high stress situations is when your stutter is going to come back mm -hmm. and dude must have had some ice in his veins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would have been flying over that podium within five minutes. <laughs> like, and I'm really non-confrontational. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> put him to bed. Just put him to bed. No dinner. No ice cream. Go to bed. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. Anyway. Yeah, what's... What's the point of the debates, though, really, when you get down to it? What's the point of the debates? Yeah. To debate policy and see what each uh, candidate's policies are, and they can react to each other in live time for the American people to see. I mean, the point of a debate is debating. But it's like, has it ever swayed anybody ever? Absolutely. Yeah. It's just not this year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've or gone my entire year, life like the debates are completely pointless to me. I don't see oh, anyone no. ever getting so. swayed by a debate. I've definitely been one of the people where I was not paying attention to the presidential election until the debate started. And then I was like, oh, that's what you want to do. Oh, that's what you want to do. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> see, but <laughs> wouldn't it definitely. be a cleaner, better system if it was just speeches like here's no, my policies here's what i want to do and we just let everyone get get their stuff out no because that's all like prepared the the fun part of a debate is that you can have real time reactions to someone being like calling you on your shit so if a candidate's like oh here's my prepared speech about how i support you know whatever grocery stores ending at nine and i don't know what <laughs> i just came up with that but like here's my prepared speech and then the other guy's like but you've never said that you wanted to do that and here's all this other stuff that counters your point and that person has to pivot on the moment and respond and you don't get to do that with pre-recorded prepared speeches like that's the whole point of debate is like live reaction it's kind of great when it's not when it's actually like 
done correctly, but I was gonna say it. But I is think... it done that that way? Because I know there's a whole lot of pre-prepared questions. Oh, absolutely! So... That they have you have to prepare for a debate. Have you not heard of Debate Club? I need you to just take a moment, <laughs> go oh, research have, but debating. Like, I mean, not pre-prepared questions, as in like the snowball question to the president. Apparently, was they knew that question was coming. And he was supposed oh, to have yeah, had because an it's answer. a Fox News reporter. Exactly. They shouldn't have known that was coming, <laughs> <laughs> because the the debate, you know, committee is a third party independent committee. Um, but yeah, it was it was a shit show. The, I think the yes. last presidential election and this presidential election were the two least effective debates. But yeah, I just we'll see. The next one's going to be a town hall, so that means that voters will be asking them questions directly so we'll see how quick they can think on their feet yeah it's really the point yeah that one's gonna be a bit better at least for that that is not a moderator but yeah i just well this one too i didn't no matter how bad it came out that's about what i expected it was gonna happen like i was not surprised by anything so oh no i didn't have better i didn't have like high expectations for them it was just way worse than i like i thought that the the moderate the uh like debate committee or whatever they're called commission like i thought that they would have already put the mute button stuff in place like already would have taken measures knowing the president is who he is to like find a way to shut him up but they didn't they just like let him reign free yep it was wild Anyway, <laughs> what's going on in Colorado? Uh, not great stuff. Um, no. So we're at 71,218 cases, which is up another 4,000 week to week, which Yeesh. is uh, pretty up there for us. Uh, we're at no. 7,579 hospitalizations, which is up 125 week to week, which I thought that was going to be a bit higher because I saw a couple articles talking about how uh, we're starting to see a lot more covid hospitalizations again yeah uh, which made sense to me because uh the spike that we had last week would filter into hospitalizations right uh, but maybe it hasn't shown on the numbers yet hmm. and we're at uh, 1962 deaths up 27 week to week huh better yeah. better than virginia but uh you guys have been good. doing better than virginia for a hot minute yeah <laughs> Well, we're not as densely populated, so that generally helps, too. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, Virginia's big. It's just those areas. It's just that D.C. area Yeah, that is and, really populated. And we don't have beaches where people congregate. That's true. <laughs> like, you do not have where that. People go you to... have the reservoir, but I hope that Denver is being smart about that. Yeah, I don't know what the rules on that right now. But, you know, like if most it's people... It's down there in Trump country, so... Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what most people do to get away, at least here, is, you know, camping and hiking. And that you generally don't want to be around people. Like, that's the point, is to not be around more people, so... That is a very good point. <laughs> and I support that 100%. <laughs> and I Just tune in to our last episode to learn how much I support yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard from the front lines of um, someone that repairs... Um, uh, like Winnebago's and uh, campers and such, that uh, this year has been one of the busiest years for that. And I'm like, shocker. Uh, 
Yeah. Yep. I guess I'm not surprised. So, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, you can't get a hotel. So if you want to get away, your main option is to drive with your house. (laughs) Honestly, like before 2020, I was like, that's not really anything I really want to pursue. And now I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that sounds fine. I would totally drive with my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for news stories, I actually didn't really find a whole lot because the debate uh, sucked up so much air out of the room this week. Oh, definitely. Um, so not a whole lot. Um, I know there, there's another bill on the floor for another uh, stimulus package that's on the floor today. <laughs> I doubt anything will happen with it, but it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, it's kind of a joke at this point. But. Right. <laughs> so what's uh, what's going on new in Luna's world? Uh, nothing. I've just been super busy, so um, I'm super close to like making sure that my surgery will be scheduled and pre-authorized by insurance. It just takes a lot of legwork to make sure it's happening because nobody does anything without you asking them to do it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's pain in the ass, but, um, you know, I don't know. I've just kind of been uh, trying to find a way to balance my social media intake and like it's really hard because not for usual reasons like I'm pretty good at stepping away for a while but um I'm finding that a lot of my friends are abandoning Facebook and good for them yeah like I'm really happy that uh, that they are um but they're going to Instagram and I want to abandon Facebook and Instagram (laughs) And in, I would like to abandon Instagram first, in fact, because personally, Instagram is like a huge, I don't want to say trigger, but it's a source of a lot of negative emotion and thoughts for me. Yeah. Like if I were to spend as much time scrolling on Instagram as I do on Facebook, I would 100% be like whatever that percentage is, that's how much more depressed I'd be. <laughs> Like, I have a hard time. The more time I spend on Instagram, I'm like, all right, there's no point in anything. I'm going to go get it. Like, <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yes. But I, I'm realizing that I'm the only one that feels that way. So yeah, cause <laughs> everybody's say, like, Instagram's going to my, Instagram. Yeah, that's my separation. That's where I just, you know, look at cat pictures. Oh, God. No. I guess I just have to go to like catpictures.com or something <laughs> to go look at cat pictures um but yeah i don't know so i'm trying to figure out what that's gonna look like (laughs) we'll see my therapist and i are trying to get creative with it all right (laughs) anyway what are you what about your world uh nothing too crazy um kind of same old same old yeah Um, lots of working yeah solving other people's problems pretty much (laughs) <laughs> getting yelled at by people who argue for a living all day so that's Ooh, yeah that's... <laughs> i didn't think about that part that sucks <laughs> but you know it it is what it is but uh yeah that's mostly it just kind of working and then uh now that it's a spooky month like starting to 
figure out what I want to do, you know, what kind yeah. of things do I want to get into that are at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is plenty. I'm not complaining. There's plenty I can do at home and enjoy it. But uh, totally, definitely. Yeah, uh, I. But yeah, you definitely get the lit. I support your spooky month. Yeah. <laughs> at home at festivities. But yeah, no corn mazes, no uh, haunted houses for me. There are some apparently going on, but not for me. Okay. It's not. Yeah, I guess like the terror would be like a monster pops out at you and they're not wearing a mask <laughs> it's like twofold you're like ah ah. <laughs> i mean if it wasn't co if covid was done it would be hilarious to do a 2020 specific haunted house like oh, a room man. of karens uh <laughs> it's going that's definitely going to be a thing after 2020 like it's de- 100 percent, and the end will be the election yeah like Oh, one room will yeah. just be the de- the last debate really loud with flashing lights. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the absolute worst. <laughs> and Chris Wallace just being like, gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. <laughs> like, God. And make each room longer, a little bit longer, so it feels like it's taking longer as you're progressing through the year. This could be a thing. <laughs> I might have to write some of these down. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> just be like, you you know, just like a countdown of like, this is their third to last room. This is your second to last room. This is your second to last room. This is your second to last room. Uh, uh, anyway. So, yeah, that's what uh, I've been up to. So, let's dive into our topic for today. What are we talking about? So, in honor of Virginia Pride, which just took place, actually, um, we wanted to take this episode to take a look at the impact of COVID on the LGBTQ community. Um, and we will be combining our usual research as well as personal account from folks in the community. So, yeah. Ta-da. So first I'd like to kick off with a statement from my good friend, data and others. He provided this to me, uh, to read to y'all, which captures his experience in COVID. I'll try to do it justice because he's a really great writer, but I'm not a great speaker. So here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He writes, my experience with COVID during the pandemic was, I don't want to say interesting, but it's definitely my own. On one hand, my body dysphoria has been incredibly low because I could wear baggy t-shirts, baggy pants, PJs all day long. My hair was pulled into a ponytail. I didn't have to be forced into my feminine work clothes for work. As a trans man, that was incredible to just feel comfortable in my skin, even if, either, even with all the shit in the world going on. Outside of cosplay, I couldn't tell you the last time I felt comfortable with myself, especially now that I'm back in the office full time. On the other, Trying to find a therapist for any reason at all, not just to aid with my transitioning, was a complete nightmare. I was on at least seven different waiting lists and had started looking in February before lockdown had started. For me, having that support system in place before I began medically transitioning meant a lot, and I struggled horribly for a few months with my mental health until someone who fit the criteria I needed had an open spot back in July. Being able to work on myself now is a good step, even if it's small. 
a big thing for me was to keep up hope that something would give. Something out there would just give enough to make life a little easier, and it did. So yeah, that was from Data, and I just want to say thank you so much to Data for taking the time to share this experience with us, and I really appreciate the time and effort he took to write this, so um, yay, Data! Well said, (laughs) yes. Yeah. Um, And now I'll just kind of jump into the rest of my segment before I pass it off to Matt. I don't know why, but I almost called you Jeff. Yeah, that's a weird one. Are you Jeff? <laughs> Isn't that a uh, one of the, one of the creepy pastas, Jeff the homicidal maniac? Oh, Jeff the homicidal maniac! Yay. Um. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> no. Matt's still Matt. Just letting you guys know that was just my brain being something. Uh. So. I want to start with uh, a quote from the Human Rights Campaign's published brief titled The LGBTQ Community Are at Risk Amidst COVID-19 Crisis. This brief was published in July, I believe. I'm not 100% sure, but I think so. Um, So it says, as the pandemic gained increased public awareness in the U.S., the National LGBTQ LGBT Cancer Network GLMA health professionals advancing LGBTQ equality and other LGBTQ supportive groups. Whew, that was rough. <laughs> <laughs> led by an effort uh, to bring, uh, sorry, led an effort to bring awareness to the unique health needs LGBTQ com- people will have throughout the COVID-19 crisis. Basically, this is freaking awesome. I didn't know this, and I think that it's really awesome that these groups we're specifically looking for ways to address the health needs of LGBTQ community uh, people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just think it's rad. So I wanted to share that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, underlying many of the LGBTQ communities, vulnerabilities or economic disparities that will generally compound the realities of the global p- pandemic. Um, some numbers on that. Uh, the HRC Foundation estimates that there are nearly 14 million LGBTQ adults um, and 2 million LGBTQ youth in the United States. Based on their analyses of the general social survey data, more than 5 million LGBTQ people work in jobs that are more likely to be impacted by COVID-19. This includes working in restaurants and food services, hospitals, K-12, and higher education, and retail industries. A little breakdown of that is uh, 2 million who work in restaurants and food services, 1 million who work in hospitals, almost 1 million who work in K-12 education, almost 1 million that work in colleges and universities, and half a million who work in retail. Uh, The brief goes on to discuss the economic aspects of risk in the LGBTQ community. Um, Nearly 1 in 10 LGBTQ people are unemployed and more likely to live in poverty than straight and cisgender people. Uh, If you don't know what cisgender is, I'm going to tell you to look it up. I mean, I could tell you what it is right now, um, but 
if you haven't figured out <laughs> figure that out yet, I just I urge you to start like typing it into the search bar so that things pop up more for you because education is gold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, but I will tell you what it is. Cisgender is uh, when your outward appearance matches the gender that you are. Um, quote unquote matches the yeah. gender that you are aiming to portray um so according to the 2019 williams institute analysis of, of behavioral risk factor surveillance system the brfss to me that just says burfs <laughs> the burfs data about one in five lgbtq adults in the united states uh 22 percent live in poverty compared to the 16% poverty rate among straight and cisgender cisgender counterparts. The poverty rates for transgender adults and uh, cisgender bisexual women are 29% each, which actually was really surprising to me about cisgender bisexual women, considering Mm -hmm. I'm one of them. (laughs) 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 I did not know that. Um, for, furthermore, black and Latinx, uh, 40% and 45%, uh, respectively, transgender adults are more likely to live in poverty than any other race. So those numbers get real high real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is obviously a big part of, I mean, many issues for the LGBTQ community, but, um, in regards to covid being a lower socioeconomic class puts you at higher risk for everything. Yep. Infection, hospitalization, death, mm-hmm. etc. Um, I'll just uh, dive into one other source that I found that I thought was uh, had some interesting information. In June of this year, the Associate Dean of the School of Public Health at Boston University, Craig Andrade, maybe and drawed and drate i don't know i'm sorry craig um said the fenway institute's march 2020 report notes that lgbtq adults experience higher rates of chronic conditions such as cardiovascular disease obesity cancer and hiv and aids um and are more likely to engage in risk behaviors like smoking vaping and other substance use than their straight and cisgender peers. These are uh, conditions and behaviors that can increase vulnerabilities to the coronavirus. And older LGBTQ adults already experience higher rates of social isolation than other groups and are presumed further isolated during months of prescribed physical distancing, potentially exacerbating mental health issues such as suicidal ideation and substance abuse. So I thought that was really cool that someone straight up said that yeah because <laughs> <laughs> i've been thinking about it a lot and i hadn't articulated it in in this way and i was like huh? all right associate dean all right <laughs> um both the associate dean and the associate and associate professor ulrich bomer i think is how you say it which is an awesome name by the way <laughs> um mentioned the difficult they both mentioned the difficulty obtaining significant data around the impact of COVID on the queer community because we're not uh, 
counted in the tallies for COVID cases yeah. and mortality. So there's no like way to know for sure, yep. which I'm sure is probably driving you crazy, yes. Matt, since you're a numbers <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention you can't find a hard number to say like this many people in the community specifically. Yeah. So. Yeah. It sucks. Um, and then he goes on to say, uh, there are also questions about COVID putting great strain on LGBT individuals, imposing them, exposing them to discrimination. For example, will LGBT individuals feel comfortable saying something like, I can't do this job because my partner is immunocompromised due to cancer or HIV or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was a lot, but all of it's basically like this definitely impacts the community in ways that a lot of people probably aren't thinking about. And uh, I think that as a person, like a human in the society, um, it's important for me and I think for everybody to make sure that we are reaching out to our friends in the LGBTQ community, especially if isolation uh, could be really devastating for them, like Mm -hmm. increased isolation. Like maybe it's good for some people and for some people, maybe it's really, really bad, especially if they have like uh, substance use issues and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So what do you got? I just kind of rambled on for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of mine came from this article uh, from Boston University um, called uh, Snapshot of How COVID-19 is Impacting the LGBTQ Community. And and they uh, broke it up into uh, various, um, like one professor spoke on the health aspect, some on the economic. And I want to point out this really great quote from it from Julia Raffman. SPH Assistant Professor of Health Law Policy and Management. And she Mm -hmm. says, the dynamics of COVID-19 and its economic ramifications are shaped by our existing social context. In many states, that is the context which LGBTQ people have unequal rights to to unemployment, to housing, and even to health care. Hmm. Yeah, that's like a whole other world of discrimination, yep. not just in employment, but just like to healthcare, like period. Yeah. Like just being able to walk in the door and get good care. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so yeah, she breaks it kind of down that there's nothing in most of the health parts of this article talk about there's nothing specific that anyone in the community in their bodies is different that would attract COVID more often than anything. What it is is the situations that this community has been put into because of society. A hundred percent. So yeah. So yeah, you can't, as you mentioned, all the jobs uh, that a lot of them do that, uh, that will take people that are openly uh, whatever they want to identify as are usually Mm -hmm. retail jobs and in person and stuff that we're now considering, Mm -hmm. um, essential jobs. And now they're put at risk. 
Mm-hmm. Now I do have to mention too that uh, as a very vanilla white guy, I'm going to tiptoe very carefully here because no one wants to hear <laughs> a uh, basic white guy explain. <laughs> well, you're not you're not queer explaining. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> you're sharing information that you found about it. So, um, and there's a really great part here about. Um, younger uh gay people specifically that um when they're not being able to go to school some might have more issues because they're losing a lot of their um support system with their friends if you Mm -hmm. haven't come out to your family yet and now you're trapped at home with your family during quarantine and you're not Mm -hmm. okay with that but now you're forced to kind of face that head on without anyone helping you out um, it create more mental, uh, you know, instability issues and, um, you know, a lot more depression. And these are things that, that definitely come full, uh, you know, full figure. Um, yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, our uh, dear leader rolled back a lot of the trans rights, specifically in the health, um, realm of medical care. So it becomes harder God. for people in the trans community to get medical care even for COVID-19 at the moment. Absolutely. Man, I was hoping you were going to mention that because I can't even like every time I look at it it just makes me so freaking Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like what in the hell <laughs> you thinking which i mean i know what they're thinking it's the evangelical right yeah. and they're like we'll save you heathens and we're like we're fine leave <laughs> us alone <laughs> yeah absolutely and so yeah so this essentially this goes back to i feel like uh, we keep coming back to a lot on this podcast is that COVID-19 has shown a lot of problems with our entire system and has just shined brighter lights on that. And that definitely involves the LGBTQ community. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I just, like, the resources that are out there are amazing, mm-hmm. of course. And I'm so thankful that they are there. But it's it's one of those things that, I worry about how easy they are to access. Like on one hand, there are resources that are available online. And so people accessing them online, probably easier right now, maybe. Um, But then at the same time, like if you are the type of person that really needs support in person, like therapy Mm -hmm. or anything like that, um, like doing that right now might be really scary, might be really risky. Trying to find a new therapist, kind of risky because yeah. you gotta have to, <laughs> you have to find the right one, and then you go in there, and what if they make you feel worse, and like all of that stuff. I'm not saying that to discourage anyone from going to therapy. Please go to therapy; it's worth it. Um, to fight the fight and try to find the person that will help you, because once you find that person, it's really beneficial. Um. But yeah, I just, I worry about so many people not having access to the things that they need to help them get through this really crazy freaking time. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. As the economy downturns, uh, because of what was rolled back, people can get turned away from homeless shelters. People can get, mm-hmm. you know, it's could be a hard time getting a hold of that as things progress outside of COVID, but from the ramifications of COVID. 
Absolutely. And I, I, like on a somewhat lighter note, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to complain in general because at the bar that I hang out here, uh, it's the goth bar, but it's also like the fetish and queer and like it's kind of a safe haven for all the strange folk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like when I'm working there, I get to hang out and view like such a beautiful community from my cage where I'm dancing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I've done some events where it's like, oh my gosh, this city is full of beautiful queer folk. What, where have I been? (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, such a reassuring like it just brings me so much joy to see people like me that are like me doing what they love and being happy and being themselves and it's just so refreshing and I'm so happy to that that is a thing and I'm bitching about COVID right now because it's making it impossible for me to dance in a cage and observe my community having fun (laughs) (laughs) I mean but is it because if they just put plexiglass around your cage you'll be protected that sounds hot and sweaty i'll just look like the titanic like window it'll just be like my butt against a steamy plexiglass thing and then a hand over here and then me accidentally hitting my knee on it at some point but you can totally dress it up like do the hannibal lecter little holes in there and you can do a whole hannibal lecter dance Oh, Lord, if I hope that Jackie isn't listening to this and getting ideas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just, I think that as with, you know, many communities that I belong yeah. to, <laughs> I'm just being selfish at this point and just being like, it's such a beautiful, strong community. And I say that about all of my communities, sure. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> So, anyway. Hey, you got to res- represent your people, right? I guess. I don't typically, uh, you know. <laughs> I don't usually, like, you know, fly that flag because I feel, you know, I have those usual bisexual imposter feels about, you know, being in a hetero relationship makes it, like, I, I don't want to take up space. Mm-hmm. But, um. But yeah, and then it's like that, I just, it's so interesting about um, this whole conversation that's happening lately about how demisexual people are on the ace spectrum, and I was like, what? I had no idea. Like, I'm still wrapping my head around that whole concept, because I also identify as demisexual, but I never thought of that as being on the a spectrum and i'm not sure that i agree that it is but maybe sort of kind of i don't know it's very confusing um but yeah i don't know i'm just happy that we get to talk about it and i want i hope that like if you have any stories of like being like going through covid as someone in the lgbt community please 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 reach out to us and let us Mm -hmm. know because i would love to highlight it uh, because again, I don't want to take up space. I'm not invalidating my existence, but I'd like to hear from other people. No, absolutely. 
because like I, like I mentioned, no one wants to hear a guy who only finds Australians attractive, which isn't part of this community. Uh, talk. Oh my God, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> there has to be a word for that. <laughs> like when you find your therapist, I'm going to email them and just be like, As a, to make sure he's talking to you about this strange obsession. <laughs> Well, I think, unless we got anything else to mention, I think that'll bring us to our next part of the show, our distractions. What are we doing to distract ourselves with from uh, the, the, let's just say the debates this week, because that's what we need to distract ourselves from. For real. Oh, my God. Uh, well, I like I mentioned before, I've just been crazy busy, um, and I'm feeling it in my bones. Yeah. And the backs of my eyelids. <laughs> uh, I haven't had much opportunity for distraction other than working my ass off. But while I work is when I listen to uh, podcasts. So not much of a distraction. Um, <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm trying to like hustle as much as I can before the surgery. So um make make that money pay pay these bills yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah i i am looking forward to settling and uh reading turn of the screw uh megan the amazing artist who decided designed our cover image she and i are reading it together in preparation for the haunting of bly manor so that's our little spooky read for october and i'm super excited about it i just started it i'm a little behind sorry <laughs> megan um <laughs> But it's already has it already has my attention, so I'm pretty jazzed cool, about it. Cool. What about you? What are you distracting? Um, well, with? a lot of music stuff again. I actually just finished recording a song uh, last night. Um, still trying to figure out how I want to release that. So, oh, but, it's a uh, solo song. It is. Yay. Um, so figure out how I'm going to do that. Um, I was going to wait to do like a whole EP and just release it as one EP, but I think this song, once you hear it, you'll get why I wanted to rush putting it out. Okay. Um, but <laughs> hopefully I'll, I'll have a, a more sense of what I'm doing by next time we record. Uh, <laughs> besides that, um, I watched... I'm almost through rewatching the entire uh, View Askew universe, so that's been a fun rewatch. That's all the Kevin oh. Smith interconnected movies. Got it, got it, okay. Um, I only have one left, and that's the newest, of course, is the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Mm-hmm. Not, not super looking forward to that one, but at the same time, I read something that made it more interesting to me, at least, is that Kevin Smith wrote the movie to have a better time with Jason Mewes because apparently the first uh, time they did a, uh, or when they did the first Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, it apparently was just a giant nightmare because that was like the peak of his drug use, Jason Mewes uh, and all that. Yeah. And, and Kevin wants to have better memories with his friend and so wrote Aww. a movie so he could have better memories with his friend. It's like, That's cool. okay, this makes it a little bit better for me. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's sweet. So, uh, but they're all really good movies when I'm getting through them. I enjoy all of them. Yeah. Quite a bit. They're totally timeless to me. I wouldn't quite say time. There's some that are very much of their time. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, they are definitely of their time. But to me, they're timeless. Is that better? Yes, yeah. <laughs> they can take you back to when you first watched it, like every single one of them. Oh, yeah. But uh, Chasing Amy is so 90s. It's... Oof. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> 100%. Like, like, he had to go to a payphone to call her at one point. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine? Like, the idea of a payphone right now is, like, the most disgusting thing. Like, I would just hazmat myself up to touch a payphone if I had to today. <laughs> there was um side tangent. Not that we ever do these. But <laughs> uh, some young actor from uh, a show that's popular right now. I don't know what or who. Sorry. But they asked him, like... um I don't know, something about stuff in the past or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I don't know what people used to do back in the 2000s because you didn't have cell phones. You didn't have, uh, <laughs> like, went off all the stuff. It's like, oh, man, what did we do with our free time when you couldn't go on Instagram? Where do you see hot girls then? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, oh, man, I long for those times. I kind of like, I'm hoping that this like gradual stepping away from uh, social media in a sustainable way will bring back like, at least for me in my personal life, like actually living my life and not just sitting here scrolling all the time. Oh, absolutely. I used to write way more songs than I do now, mostly because I'm distracted with stupid stuff I don't need to be distracted with. Absolutely. I used to read a lot more. Yep. Used to just come up with. I used to be so much more creative, because again, you had the time and you weren't distracting yourself. Yeah. Yep. Any who's it. it's. <laughs> so that's what I'm distracting myself with. So let's get to uh, everyone's favorite part of the show. Only in a pandemic. In major civil unrest. <laughs> Stories that can only happen in the middle of a pandemic or major civil unrest. What do you got for us? Uh, so I, uh, only in a pandemic, am I undecided about Halloween things? Ooh. I know. <laughs> I I mean, obviously the, the big ones are out. King's Dominion is closed, so no yep. spooky theme park is going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know. There are, like, the pumpkin patches. I mean, a pumpkin patch is a giant open space. Yeah. So I should be able to just go get a pumpkin. Yeah, just wash your pumpkin when you get home and wash your hands. Or wear gloves, or both. Right. (laughs) Or, and then, like, you mentioned, uh, like, corn mazes. And I'm like, well, corn mazes that aren't very populated is just you in a giant corn maze that's true i've never been to one that had a lot of people in it yeah the only ones i always know of they're also corn maze slash haunted corn maze so they still got the people jumping out at you and that's where it's like yeah "Ah, people no yeah yeah i hear that (laughs) i kind of want to just get lost in the corn you know that'd be fun but yeah i just don't know it's such a weird year yeah, no, I feel almost, in a lot of ways, spoiled for choice, too, because I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch tons of movies. I don't know what to watch. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm literally just, like, turning on and just being like, this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch so many movies this 
month. It's not even funny, and I'm so excited about it. Although there's going to be a minor gap in my uh, horror watch on Halloween day, if everything goes oh, yeah? to current plan. Uh, there's a <laughs> there's a space launch for uh, Dragon Crew uh, 1, the first actual, like not test, but actual crewed mission. Uh, oh. It's going to launch on Halloween. Oh, wow. Spooky. That bodes well. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be pissed if anything major happens, because that's just going to ruin a bit of Halloween for like ever. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Hopefully it goes well, obviously. Yeah, I think it'll be okay. But yeah, they're either doing uh, 31st or November 1st right mm. now. Exciting. Well, what about you? What's your only in a pandemic story? Uh, only in a pandemic do I question people's wardrobe choices, not because they're looking bad, because they're looking really good. Oh, I know what you mean. I've also had these thoughts. Right? So the main one I kind of, which kind of clued me into this is I, I was leaving to the grocery store. One of my neighbors comes out, um, two of them, and the one dressed in a really nice white tux, and the girl's wearing this beautiful dress. I'm like, where are you going dressed like that? Like, is this for funsies? What's what's happening here? What's what's going on? Exactly. Like, <laughs> I, I've been, I've had that thought too, where I'm like, dang, you look good. Why do you look good? Right. <laughs> <laughs> or like, like people, and then it's like, I, no shame either. Like for people mm-hmm. that have been like dressing up just to dress up or dressing up to like go for a walk or whatever. I'm like, good yeah. for you. But then it's also like, are you just going for a, what's happening? Is yeah. this the world now? <laughs> Do I need to dress up to go to the trash can? I'm not sure. <laughs> I do have a friend on Facebook who they did have uh, a date night at their house where they still did get really dressed up and had like a nice dinner night. And it's like, oh, that's a fun idea. Oh, that is cool. But yeah, I'm like, where where are you going dressed like that? Because you only go dressed like that to populated places. You shouldn't go to populated places. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) But then it's like equally could just be going to the store. Could be. I mean... (laughs) That would a be lot of an interesting. Are lonely right now. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. All right, so let's uh, wrap this guy up with our hermit level. So on the Leonardo DiCaprio scale of being a hermit, a ten being Howard Hughes, and you're just locked in your uh, home theater collecting pee in jars, and you will only talk to uh, one specific person, and they're not allowed to take the cap off your milk. <laughs> This is all real things. <laughs> or, or are you a one where you're in Romeo plus Juliet and you're, uh, you know, running around the Capulet party looking for Juliet? <laughs> <laughs> is Wolf on Wall Street and Romeo plus Juliet the same movie? <laughs> Less cocaine in Romeo plus Juliet. I mean, not none. But less. <laughs> Not none. <laughs> That's funny. Um, well, uh, for my hermit level this week, you guessed it, Team Nine Forever. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, I've been so busy that I haven't seen anyone that I'm not paid to see. So yeah. um, that should change a bit as October chugs along. I have a photo shoot booked. A couple of them. I have two photo shoots booked. Um so that will make me see humans and put yeah. on clothing. <laughs> but I have still not started peeing in jars, so. Not quite There's there that. yet. So you're good. All right. <laughs> what 
What about you? I think I'm at a solid five, maybe even a four. Um, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Had a band practice this last weekend, and I went over to my friend Fiona's for once a month. Like, are we still alive? You still alive? We all cool with each other? Yay. <laughs> And then I went to my brother's, um, where my parents were also there, and I helped move a gun safe to the basement. So that was Ooh, heavy fun. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you can see over the camera, but I am bruised right where the dolly Ooh. was at. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I'm seeing a few people, but no one outside my normal bubble though, too. So that's why it's on the, uh, you know, edge. It's on we're the cusp. In, yeah. We were all in, you know, private places. I didn't go out and do anything. Sounds good. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's, that's, uh, I think, another episode. So where can people find us if they do want to share their uh, LGBTQ stories of COVID-19? Hell yeah. Well, first of all, definitely email it to us at gothandsloth at gmail.com. You can also find us online at uh, gothandsloth on Twitter and on instagram and you can find me personally at l-u-n-a underscore m-i-n-u-i-t um on instagram and twitter and you can find matt at i am wizard underscore matt on twitter and wizard cosplay on the instagram my band is leonardo leonardo band on soundcloud and on Facebook, and my YouTube channel is Matt the Pharaoh Wizard, and I'll probably have another SoundCloud at some point now (laughs) (laughs) to also promote. Plug all the things. All the things have been plugged. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So thanks for joining us on another episode. Hell yeah. Thanks, guys, and wash your hands. And wear a mask. It's special announcement time. Okay, so essentially what we're doing is in exchange for a screenshot of uh, a review on Apple Podcasts or uh, sharing uh, something about our podcast or sharing our podcast on your social media, we will send you a personal note, uh, handwritten, by one of us you can make a request if you want or we'll just kind of hash it out and um and we'll that note will be uh unique and personal to you so uh just a little fun giveaway for the month of october so anytime before our sacred day of halloween send us a screenshot of a review or uh you sharing the podcast on your social media and uh, we will send you a handwritten note. Our email address is gothandsloth at gmail.com. Yay! Okay, bye!